Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. Protonic reversal. Protonic reversal. With Colin Neutron. listeners, rock and roll enthusiasts, worldwide, welcome to the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Yes, that's right, Protonic Reversal. Today's show features rock and roll author, Mr. Jason Myers, heart and soul of the mission, generally awesome dude, and rock and tour of the ages. However, we do have a problem. We here at Protonic Reversal are not proud of it. But mistakes do happen. Hardware fails. I'm not good with technology. Come on. Things of that nature. And unfortunately, for this episode, there was a problem. That's right. Although there were actually nobody to blame except for a fictional intern I'm just going to go ahead and call Skippy. The archiving computer took a big fat electronic dump during the course of the show. Although we broadcasted your standard two hours of mirth, merriment, and wonderful music... We're only podcasting the second hour. First hour, if you heard it live, it's lost to the ages. We heard many great stories from Mr. Myers in regards to some of his characters, how he came by his book deal. Uh, you know, really, I, I can't even I can't even adequately express all the awesome stuff that is missed. So, what you're going to get is half of the episode, which is still good. And which comes in largely near the terminus of a story where Mr. Jason Myers is relating being on tour with my old band, where he is treated like a jerk everywhere he goes. Uh, it's not going to make a whole lot of sense, but we, we come in on meeting Andrew Dice Clay. Luckily, because Mr. Myers is a denizen of the mission and not just the author of it, we will have him in again and we will retell many of these great stories that happened in the first hour. Uh, if you caught it live, you heard it and you heard how awesome they are. But again, for the rest of you, apologies. We're only starting in the second hour, uh, already well into a story. And uh, well, hope you hope you enjoy what's here. 
So now we're going to go ahead and join. We'll go ahead and join that episode already in progress. Thanks. Seeing the same people and the same things all the time. You get thrown into weird experiences and weird situations. And it was just interesting getting that context. And that was like so much of like just like a contextual wrap up, like almost like, oh, that would be if this is the story. Obviously, that's the end of the story. Is And then we met Andrew Dice Clay and he related his experience and put it in context for us. Yeah, it was it was it was the perfect the perfect ending piece. Of, and he excused that, himself that to let the- us get on with our meeting. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew Dice Clay. I yeah. love, I love Can- hearing like the more details because I used to work with Evan at yeah. a corporate coffee place. And Which I, I remember he had gotten that job like right when we left for that. Tour. Exactly. Right? I well, I think he had been working there for a while. I'm not sure, but I I specifically remember him coming back to work from a being out and being like, I hung out with Andrew Dice Clay, and you know we're at work, so like we'd be doing stuff, and I'd have right. to go back and be like, so what happened? So what? It took, we made a bagel know. with him, and he <laughs> he basically summed up. And he was a very nice, intelligent, really quiet. Like he, like he was He's super smart. He wasn't the character Andrew Dice Clay at all. He was just like he was like sharp. Like not like any, but he wasn't like. He wasn't that guy. It was clearly there without yeah. like, character. He was very intelligently just able to sort of summarize. Like, I think like Conan said, summarize. That experience we had this weekend within the context of his earlier period of playing really to bad audiences. And, um, you know, that for me it was interesting because that's when I was, that was like the beginning of, or yeah, the beginning or close to, or a little bit after the, the bad stretch of, for me, where I was really questioning. By the way, the chatterbox says, uh, tell the guest to take his morning speed pill. So that's the... <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what that means, but Sweet. what does that Do I have mean? A morning speed pill? I don't. I yeah. mean, sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I, um, that's gonna puzzle me the rest of the night. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what that means. I just feel like yeah, I would relate it. That was that was at a that was at a time where I was really questioning um, how the longevity of my own career, even though I just had really briefly achieved this awesome success and I, I was like did I even make the right decision of trying to live off my art and right that, um, there, there was a lot of almost like dark night of the soul questions being asked all around which is why I thought it was interesting right. that you were on that tour with us uh, for, for that exact same reason because I mean we certainly were like we think what we're doing is pretty good but like like it only connects with some people and most people just like aren't even interested in finding out about it. it's not that it's, they're like hate right. it they're just they're not interested in finding out about it because it's something they aren't familiar with and it's not an easy genre music kind of thing. And that's that's exactly, I think, you know, part of part of me, you know, well, I didn't even realize it at the time, but that sort of similar experience of what was happening um, with, 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 with my writing was that, you know, I was coming off two bestsellers, which were my first two books, and they weren't huge, but, you know, they made, they made like, a sort two of bestsellers, bestseller no big deal. Um... <laughs> That's a big deal. And then okay, I wrote what deal. I thought were like the, my two best books, and they did not sell well at all. And I, because they were a little different, uh, it was thematically a little different. Uh, absolutely, and it was more aggressive, and and basically, you know, it was that whole sort of like people are turned off by like you know what I thought was more a lot bigger of an intellectual sort of um, intellectual sort of ideas I was tackling, and 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 and. and 
bigger and larger sort of ideas and issues that I was that I was talking about and and, and people wanted about. to see kids in the mission or people want to read about like kids in the mission taking drugs and listening to rock right and roll right music. yeah they wanted they wanted the they wanted the booze blow and uh, babes and well, yeah and rubbing genitals and so um sort of sort of be which I'm at least I'm into two of those three things so go <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that whole tour. I was so bummed out of what was happening. I didn't even have. I was unable to even make a bigger um, to draw a correlation to the bigger things that were happening um, and how they actually mattered. So when I was actually listening back to the tapes, you know, and once things settled down on my end, and you know. I, re- I, I actually just accepted th- this was happening. I think I was in denial for so long and it was pissing me off. I was not a good person to be around. When I finally accepted that this was happening and the only thing I could do was to, like, suck it up and keep going or, you know, I, you don't come this far and, yeah. and do all the things that I had done and you don't come that far just to, just to stop, you know? Just to, just yeah, basically. that's a good point. So, like, you know, it was... And that, and that was... Awful. Looking back on that tour, it was that whole. It was no. I think the title of the piece was supposed to be, you know, nobody cares, and that 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 was all sort of made sense. And I think you know there was there's a little bit of a, a growth um, period there. I think. Yeah, that, you have to. That, I definitely. think mature with your art, like just as you do as a person. Which is interesting because where we were thematically for writing songs for that record, that's exactly where we were as well, and that's why uh, one of the many reasons that that record was not as. You know, it's not that it wasn't well received. It just it, it did. We didn't have the. Uh, I can't believe this is a Falco record just for no reason up in the window. I, don't I know. Really know why. I I noticed that too, and it's great. <laughs> it's very distracting. I'm going over to look at. It, and there's Falco just kind of like gazing, just chilling. He's chilling, looking all dapper and handsome. But um, you know, and then and then things just have a way to turn turn around. You know, Blaze came out what in June and. You know, this debut. past June, or yeah, the- debut number nine on Amazon. Cool, well, and, and like, so all of a sudden it was like, holy crap! Like, wow! Like, this is awesome, and it's had sustained success for the last six months or four months, five five months. Yeah. Well, and before I start talking about Falco, I guess, uh, and, and I'm 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 going to deviate away from from this soon enough, but it, I'm going to be indulgent enough to talk about our band because it'll be a historical point in time soon enough uh, that. Yeah, the, the whole theme of that record was sort of like, what do you what do you do like when you, when you're having like the crisis of what you're creating for, and uh, what how do you how and why do you move on, and what what are you doing it for, and who are you doing it for, and what do you do in this situation in this world that doesn't necessarily uh, care <laughs> yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I mean, I, this is a subject we bring lose, up a lot on the show. You lose you you really lose a lot of um, I think. Really, <laughs> the meaning of what you're doing. So, like for me, it was like when I first wrote "Exit Here," and for the first year, you could, that was my first book. You couldn't find it anywhere, and then about a year later, all of a sudden, it just exploded. And I had already signed a second book deal um, by that time, and my so my second book was about to come out as my first one just exploded. I mean, it sold seventy five thousand copies in like eight months, and it was just. Boom! The New York Times even had a little tiny blog about it where it mentioned it um, as it just started shooting up the charts. And so the mission debut—that was the second book—and at at that point, I think once money sort of started, kind of my soul got a little perverted by the saturation of money in there and the association with writing. Um, before, I would have been stoked if four people had like 
you know, said anything on the internet anywhere about Exit Here the first year it came out. Oh, right. I would have been so happy. And then it was yeah. like, really? Like, you know, only, only you know, 2,000 copies, you know, were yeah. sold. Yeah, well, this sold. Is yeah, 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 yeah. It was just... Yeah, you get used to a certain, it like, was, it was momentum. A bit of a, like, for me, it <clears> was <throat> like... I, I didn't really realize that, that I had gone the to stakes the, to change, that, yeah. but also like like what you consider the the metric of success, right? And I did and I, had, and I had you know like I remember like you know having this conversation with I think it was either my sister or my mom it was both of them but being like you know I'd, I'd be happy just writing and working a part time job the rest of my life you know and then all of a sudden like when I was faced with having to actually, like, maybe go and work 20 hours a week somewhere and not just write full-time. Um, yeah. I was so bummed out. And then, but, like, I hadn't realized I climbed, you know, like, there fell, ed- fell, fell down that edge. I didn't realize it was really happening. I didn't, yeah. I didn't step back to really, you know, I, I just personalized everything and took it as a personal insult that, like, I sucked now. And well, did you, I mean, do you feel like because of the success of the other book, it kind of changed your writing? I think I had wrapped my own identity in the fact that I had these awesome two books out of nowhere. You know, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't go to school for writing, <laughs> like well, had nothing, and they came out of nowhere with si- and then was and, and Simon and you're Schuster pushing yourself. Yeah, and, and, and you're pushing yeah. yourself to do what you feel is better work, but then people aren't necessarily willing to dive into that to even find out about. It. It's not that they're rejecting it; it's just that they're not weren't willing to. Well, also, I feel like a lot of times with artists in all all different forms, media, whatever, like musicians, art, whatever, when you're like creating something, you put so much into what you're creating, especially right. at the start of it, where sometimes you use up a lot of that. Not to say that it's not there, but it changes over time, and so like you have to like look, kind of look at it differently and use that. Absolutely. part of yourself differently and like then figuring out how that relates to people and how they're going to receive it like that's really hard you know like that's something that requires a lot of like i don't know growth turmoil like when you're you know when you're just starting out you're experiencing all this strife because you want to be somebody then once you like have that because people recognize you right. you already have that so you're not really striving for it in you're the same try- way you're trying to maintain or or even get larger or bigger and you're not even really you what you, what you end up doing which is a sad part which is kind of what i ended up doing for the better part of the year was taking my success what I had had for granted and dismissing it and not being good about that you know not being happy that there was anyone reading it and not being like there's a million people who would kill to be in my position you know like I'm bummed about having to go to find a job for 15 hours a week but I'm gonna write novels the rest of the time but some people never get to write write a book at all let alone have it published just like what I always what I always not turn it back around me but what I always said with touring is that even like on the worst tour like most bands you know some bands never uh, get together and, and write a song some never make an album some never play a show some never go on tour ones that go on tour maybe they never have a good tour you know, it, it's it's you're in a rarefied air if you're doing anything creative and achieve even the slightest modicum of success. And you need to make the journey itself the destination. Yep. That's that's a really good point. Well and said. Yeah. Thank I you. mean, it's how, it's how we roll here. I yeah. I feel Protonic like reversal. Thanks, Rebecca. <laughs> I feel like um, wow. I lost my train of thought. I know I had to undercut it with a with a sound bite. Sorry. <laughs> You and your sound bites. Um, I just feel like I've seen people in the middle of that, and I think sometimes it's easy to forget 
not just why you're doing it, but like that life has a purpose and the ebb and flow like creates that strife enough that you are still trying. You just have like different expectations than you did in the beginning. Absolutely. And that's and that was the other thing too and there was and I didn't and there was also other things happening in my personal life that had changed a lot over that year and I think that had taken a toll so like all of a sudden when you're writing and I feel like writing you know is such an intimate self-involved thing already if you're not in a good place and, I, and I've said this um, to, uh, you know I started doing these YouTube videos um, and, and, and where I'd answer questions from fans online since most of them will never get to see me read because I don't do that many appearances anymore or readings only like when I release a book and uh, you know about writing just in general it's if there's anything, any part of your life, um, if you want to sit down and write a book and you haven't done it yet, and um, but it goes even if you have done it, like this is always something that you need to be aware of. If there's any part of your personal life or any demons or things, some dark darkness that's just unsettling things that have not been reconciled yet or you're not trying to reconcile it, writing a book is a war of attrition and those things will come to the surface eventually and make it can really have an awful adverse effect on your whole creative process um during that because it is a very isolated um and 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 isolated and lonely experience at times and um you know I do tell this to, to, to a lot of people, too, who ask, where it's like, if there's anything else that you're like and you're even remotely good at, do that instead of write a book. Because unless you're willing to spend, I mean, unless yeah. you're willing to spend between 12 and 18 hours a day by yourself in a room, and that's seven or eight months out of the year, you know, like, yeah, and, you know, you have to love it. It's labor love. And so, but like, if you, like I was saying, if you're not in a good place and you're having to do that, Especially if you're having yeah. to do that without a guaranteed contract yet. Like, I was writing for a new contract. So right. there's no money coming in yet. Yeah. I'm having to rely on these smaller royalties from these books that aren't selling that well. Right, you know? right. It can it can lead to a really bad just place mentally for you that's yeah. hard to snap out of it. And so, um, but I did. I worked through it, and I'm in probably the best place that I came out of it, you know, with a few Great. scars. But. You know, I got, like, a, I got a media company out of it and a best-selling novel. So yeah, yeah. That's great. Not, not bad, not bad. So right. I, I'll tell you what, we're, we're going to take a little break here, and uh, we'll, we'll be back with Mr. Jason Myers, and uh, we'll, we'll, do some more, we'll do some more of the talking. I'm going to do the speed pills. <laughs> Your speed pills, indeed. Uh, we, this is um, by, somewhat by request. This is another Kid Dakota song. This is uh, Smokestack. Up into the atmosphere 
all burned away The horse flies are an iridescent green Plums boil to the pulp And drying on a screen Bright red air inside the house here I can barely draw a breath Dark blue shapes pop behind my eyelids I am not afraid of death And on the television Black and white footage of a young Cassius Clay My God, my God, my God He was something Fists flashing as he lunges toward the screen Sailing headlong into nothing Disappearing, reappearing Out here in the clearing Floating on a light breeze That plays against the edges of the leaves It's you, it's you, it's you So that was the Gary with original air blue gown. That is actually a Mountain Goats cover, and really? uh, yeah, and that's on the new record Farewell, 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 Foolish Objects, which you can find on Sick Room Records. Uh, it's great. So Mountain Loving Goats, it. I think 2004 at bottom of the hill, and I climbed into that. I said I did not pay; it was sold out. And I, 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 <laughs> I, I like that it's an important part of Caden's statement that you didn't pay. But right, right, and that it was sold out because that's out. why you I didn't pay. pay. It was sold yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And so that justifies I, I cl- not paying. I climbed the, bo- the back, uh, that fence in the backyard there. Were you like Eddie Vedder in Pearl Jam and like you're hanging from the ceiling? <laughs> well, <laughs> I know I I made the clean and I just dropped and landed and then my friend Dion and then this other dude uh, uh, Tyler. Um, Tyler landed horribly wrong, but the best part about it was mm. nobody even batted an eye. There were people who saw us, but no one like made a scene or pointed. They were all like, "Oh yeah, like you know, these guys did it." <laughs> we've, we've come to this venue a million times and thought about doing it, and those guys did it. So we're not going to make a scene or point that out. And like I just yeah, I pretend like I didn't know the two guys. You know, I was up off the ground first. Because I fell, like, it's a pretty pretty big drop. And I just started walking through the crowd and then, like, reconvened, <laughs> like, right, 20 right. minutes later sure. with my partners in crime there. And, yeah, it was a good show. And, uh, which is totally great. worth it. So, and like, mo- what's the worst that's going to happen? Like, they're going to kick me out? I can't get into the show that I was already sold out and couldn't get into <laughs> <Right>. anyway? <laughs> as, we, as you established, you did not pay for it. So, right. uh, before, so before that song, we had uh, St. Vincent with Digital Witness, and uh, which is off the great self titled uh, St. Vincent record. It's a great video for that as well. And before that, 
We had Kid Coda again with uh, Smokestack. That's not a new record. That record's uh, like 15 years old, but it's amazing. And there's a remaster of that coming. And I think I'm going to try to get Darren on the show. I think that'll be, that'll be an interesting talk because they, we're talking repeating the themes of what we're speaking with uh, Mr. Jason Myers, a noted author you. and uh, general awesome dude, is that, uh, that that's a band that very clearly in the people's attentions and their minds peaked early with that first record, that first EP. Right. And there's like four or five other ones that have, to say that they have uh, varying degrees of interest would be wildly charitable. <laughs> uh, and they're good. They're good. It's just that that first record is so good that people always go to that and they want them to just to keep Ramon style remaking that record, like you were speaking of with uh, uh, Exit Here. I mean, that's sort of the bummer of it is that, like, and that's always going to be if you never have a book that's successful or an album that's successful as your first one. That I think that you're always going to weigh as an artist. You're just going to weigh that, and you're going to go like. I'm so much better. Why don't you guys understand that my writing is so much better? But, you know, I mean, maybe I've taken the fact that your audience is a different place in their lives when they're reading your newer sure. stuff. And, and they're and relating maybe... to it completely different as they related to your writing wants or your or your music wants. Um, but, you know, I... I, I mean... That, we, as an artist is rolling the dice. I mean, we've you chosen that. If you have decided that you are going to throw in, and I threw in, and I quit everything else out of my life, like I just quit, like school job, and I got that like small check for exit here, and I went for it. Um, and you know, you that is that's 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 the life is that you don't know. That's the great unknown, and you right, and, right. and and. and there's there's a sense of urgency and awesomeness to that. That the sense of urgency brings out the best, and the sense of awesomeness that I'm actually doing it. Um, but man, you know, like like during the break, you're talking about after years, it can really wear and tear on you. And if it's if it's if there's nothing that's being gained financially at that point, sometimes you know, like it's it's hard to to, to keep moving and. and yeah, and going on that. Yeah, like and, where and, do you find that motivation from? Right. Who are you doing it for? Again, and, and those are themes that are obviously near and dear to my heart. Well, that was the thing. <laughs> yeah, we we talk about that a lot. Like, how do you push yourself to even get started if you're not getting the reward that you're looking for? Ultimately, like what I find, and this is maintain. This has been true the entire time. Is that when I am when. When I'm at the, that sort of crossroads or, or questioning questioning those decisions and choices I made to have this as my life or make this my life and how I'm going to eat and pay rent, is I find myself doing it when I'm not even thinking about it. I'm at my computer typing up some sort of idea that I'd like to do someday or, you know, and I'm just doing it. So I, and I love it. That's and great. Ultimately, you know, that's, that's its own self-starter. And, you know, thank God that I have... I do have those 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 um, successes in my back pocket because that's always something to lean on. And yeah, right. Like push you. even if if nobody gets what your new thing is, and there's always something whatever. to when I you know even if it's three years in between you know my blaze in my next book when I'm going to seek out someone uh, an avenue to get it published, I have those things to lean on. So if you find the right publisher and editor. Um, 
You know, I mean, it was crazy. When I came up, that's how I came up with Execure Media. So I started... Yeah, so speak more about this. So, and it, it, for, for people that uh, are not aware, uh, this is a relatively new thing that you've... <laughs> it's, it's almost like a Paris Hilton-style lifestyle blog. <laughs> well, it's, no, it's, 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 it's not at all. It's not. I, I, I haven't even decided what... what, what um, Sort of a level of involvement, you know, choose your level of involvement. I, I'm going to have it yet, but what it's set up to do is um, it's www.jasonmyersexyhearmedia.com. And um, I wanted to alter, I, I sat down and I was like, what two things do I want? What would be my next phase? Because my next phase is not going to go to an office and sit desk. I refuse to. I will do anything not to do that. Like, I will not do that. I will not yeah. clock in. I won't do it again. Like, I've, I, I, I will say it. this, not not to break your flow, which is exactly what I'm doing, but if you just, like, look at that URL and aren't really paying attention, it almost looks like Jason Meyer Sex Theater. But Oh, yeah, you know, it does. <laughs> yeah, that's been pointed out so many times. Sorry. <laughs> As I have the sense of humor of a 12-year-old, I, well, it, I don't think it's necessary <laughs> to mention that. You, my mom, my sister. <laughs> it goes a lot deeper than you, Gonin. <laughs> That's what she said? No. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. Oh. hey, hey, hey. There's a spotted dick, I think. <laughs> it's called um, the, the Spotted Dick. Oh, man. Who's that? That was awesome from Ray of Shotgun. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, Moving forward. So, yeah, I decided, you know, um, it might be nice to publish, be in control of some sort of publishing and uh, publish other people's stuff and publish short stories that were once rejected um, of mine and, you know, and and then music, start a label, sign some, send some bands and see if I can get something going. And so using Exit Here as the sort of, like, you know, having 100,000 copies of that book in print in the last five years, you know, um, I decided let's just do start it. So I sold short stories, um, and everything got put into a PayPal account to, to fund everything. And so I'm almost at a point now where I'm going to be able to sign my first band and looking for the first book. Um, Interesting. So if people are, are they, they have stuff they want to, uh, I haven't submit. started submission stuff. Okay. Um, as far as the writing, because I I need a staff. But like I'm at a financial place with the short stories that like it's basically my number is 20,000 it was like 13,000 so I need to publish maybe two more short stories on it but the interesting part of that was it made me when I, the first story I was going to um, publish was the story Destroy and so I had two uh, books that came out so Simon Schuster put out Blaze and then they put out a novella of mine called Destroy um, and it was out of a short story collection that um, I had called Drinking the Bacon that I had written after Exit Here that they rejected so I decided I was going to publish one of those short stories. A character, the main character of that short story, had appeared in other um, novels of mine, and so I got a call the day before I was going to publish from like the legal department, Sam and she's just saying that they were going to see me for likability if I went ahead and published this. And I was like, "Whoa, like what?" Um, talked to my agent, and he was like, "Yeah, I mean, I was. They rejected this. They rejected this. This was part of a book that they rejected. How can right. they sue me? Like they rejected it. They had their chance." Right. And they're like, no, it's like a ability clause. And I was like, is there any chance I could win if it went to court? He's like, there's probably a 50-50 chance, but you have the money to go to court. And I was like, yeah. no. <laughs> and they break me and, you know, I'd have three months. I could maybe pay that, you know, my legal fees. And it would be done and over. And they offered to publish it as a concessionary sort of thing. And so, but 
that whole experience taught me. So that came out July 29th, and it sold around 274 copies. The last short story I released on my own, came, you know, sold about 1,800 copies. So then that got me into the idea of like, wow, maybe I need to get this company up and running and to be able to handle one of my releases one day because I am paying the middleman big time. Right, right. So maybe you're at the point right, where you right. can kind this of... Right, this was This whole process has gotten me to that point where I need to get this company big enough to start putting out my own books because, right. um, you know, like it's... Yeah. It's... You're not... <laughs> Cut out the middleman. That's always the thing you want to do. Well, I, mean, I, don't, I don't want to complain. So you're complain. I mean, I'm, I, I get, I, my relationship with the people at Simon Schuster there specifically has been great. But when I look at how much money I've made them, which is an insane amount of number for my first two books, and even my, la- I've been profitable for all five books so far. So even though those last two books, um, Run the Game and Dead End. Um, didn't sell that well. They were still turned a profit. I wasn't in the red. Like I made all the money right, back. They right. were they're both sure. six figure profitable. Um, and so you know, uh, but at the same time, like seriously, like I mean, like the money that I'm being paid and compensated, I just don't think it really equates in. And like you're only well, there's a lot that's going into the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and so you ultimately need ten percent off each book. So the way that. Everyone has this, and it's interesting to me that there's still this this very, I feel naive statements that they go around of like, okay, well, this is the best time to be making music or making any kind of art because you can just sell directly to the consumer. It's like, yeah, well, that's assuming that the consumer is interested at all. Oh, right. like the cream of the crop always rises to the top. No, that is not true because we are in information overload right now. Yep. So, but what you've mentioned, I think, is very interesting because you went through a, a major media outlet and went through like you know the quote-unquote you know the old system right 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 right. and uh kind of became known to your audience that way so now that you've become known to your audience that makes it easier like something that makes it totally easier any sort of success that you've had like radiohead you'll bring bring in at least a core part of your fans right like radiohead would have no problems you know you know, selling their things and putting up a donation link, and people would pay it because right. they're, they're Radiohead. Right. You know, if if Fugazi were to come back and decide that you know that we're just going to like re, you know rec- release a record and right. just put it on the internet for like whatever people want to pay, that would be great because people already know Fugazi. And, but if it's like you know band that nobody has ever heard of or like writer that no one has ever heard of, then you're just one face among absolutely. millions. And 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 right, and that's um, and but even going. The, the, directly to fans as as, um, as I have been going to is you're still losing a lot in the sense of like there's like I mean you can only do so much publicity for yourself I mean you can only have so many people like actively they have to look for your stuff it's harder to reach right. them right when you have distribution in every bookstore people wander in and they find your book or if you have like you know you're on you're shopping online or whatever and people customers who bought this like this you know it it becomes harder the to personal recommendation right. yeah um, but lines. if you you know if you go at it and like if you can bring the core audience with you um you know i think the payoff in the end is is bigger but you need to get to that place where people actually know your stuff and so i feel like and it's more immediate because like then you don't have like the waiting period of like having to go through like the the, the system to like oh yeah i wrote this book and like in a year you'll be able to read it right <laughs> It's like, oh no, here it is. Actually, you want it? God, there it is. I mean, I signed actually here in late 2004 and then not come out until May 2007. Almost got dropped twice. Editor switches all over. They finally Jeez. rehired my first editor, who was in Atlanta, like who had stopped 
the industry all like the publishing issue was out of it for a year they freelanced they hired her after I sent her like the new updates that I'd been doing and she was like oh I'm excited about this and then it finally came out and Wow. Well, then it was out, you know, and then you're out, you're like, oh, my God, like, this book is out, and then there's nothing. <laughs> right, right, right. No, you could Google it, and, like, it would just be, like, an Amazon, like, retail there, you know, and you're just like, okay. No. That, that was it, huh? Right, yeah. Hey, then, you're, you're, like, like got, like, your party hat and, like, your one popper. <laughs> in the corner hooray it's, 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 yeah, it's that like, was worth three years of my life it's, it's, it's like yeah you like you try to hit on a girl and you're like mentioning the book thing or something which I'd never do but I did I have have used that when I was younger and more stupid um, and they're like and they're like I googled it and they're just like Jason Myers is not like <laughs> you're on like the 8th page of Google your MySpace profile they're picking up like, There's some personal injury attorney that's like, right. you know, the first page. Or Absolutely, yeah. That's not me! I swear! Is, is that your well, day job or something? I've, I've been on the other side of that. That's so funny. <laughs> that's why I'm laughing so much. I, not with you, obviously, but... No, I... <laughs> you don't do that. I... Oh man, I can't even believe that I I have like that's been a thing where I I like been like I'm a writer like just drunk and wasted and like also, just, I'm but curious. I get so like un, like you know that you can't respect yourself if you do that more than a couple times. Well, I don't. Again. I mean, and I so, <laughs> I think that I may have met w- you before, but I don't n- know you well enough to know like how did you even get into this like to a place where you could say. Google this. I have a book deal. You know, like what was the first? Hey, Google this. No, <laughs> <laughs> you dice click? No, I mean, like obviously, you said you you didn't. You're not like a trained writer. You just started doing it. So, at what point were you like, this is something I should be doing and make you know, like actually make a career for it out of myself. Uh, Wait for myself, out of myself. <laughs> all those things. I, I, I just, I enjoy. I was working, just started writing this story actually here, and like it was, I was still in film school, and I just really enjoyed doing it, and I thought it could be a good book, and I, I went about it the old-fashioned way of like, actually like how I got the book deal. I didn't know anyone. Yeah, like, that's what no, I'm wondering. Like, so did you I, start I emailing to, people? I did. Um, I, uh, I got this this listing of all the agencies in North America and um, it listed all the agents who work there, what they publish and what they're looking for. And um, I, I basically like th- found three that I thought, hey, maybe I'll just send out, they, they call them query letters, send out query letters, testers. Um, and, you know, one came back, I emailed them, one came back and right away I was like not interested. Then two others emailed me back, and they wanted to read the whole book. So I sent the whole manuscript. They both wanted to represent it. Um, and then I talked on the phone and felt more comfortable with Gary Height, who's still my agent. But I did it. And then we were out for a year, um, and we got rejection after rejection until um, an editor at Simon Schuster, Jen Weiss, heard about it, asked another editor about it, got a hold of my agent. He sent it to her. Um, they had me do another rewrite, um, and which I didn't finish and my agent you know put his you know boot down or his fist down and was like he's not right type another word unless you make him a solid offer and they made an offer on it um and that's how I mean it was so when I talk to music people like you know guys in band and stuff and like 
I'm like, you know, like, get a manager or something, you know, and they have no idea how to go about it. It's like, you figure it out. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no guide to getting a deal. Like, it all yeah. happens yeah. at a different Well, what works for one way, will not right? necessarily work for others. Yeah. And yeah. so I didn't know have any connections. I didn't have any, like, professors to lean on or yeah. no, no, like, cousins, wife yeah. or whatever. It's cousin That's great. working there. And then you just, but the old-fashioned way, there's people out there. There's ways to go about it. And you just yeah. have to be active. And right. like what 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 we're saying about the internet is that there is a lot of noise out there now, and it is hard to be heard. But the fact is, is that like you can set up base there at least, and like sure. I, don't, I don't know how you can live with yourself as an artist and not have a presence online at least, and say that you gave it your all. There's right. no there's no reason to be bitter unless I cannot Google and find your songs online somewhere updated yeah. and like. So right. like I, you gotta yeah, put the but, work into it. But I know a lot of people who are very jaded, and I'm like, "What have you been doing?" Well, <laughs> yeah, it, it might be easy to mischaracterize what I say as um, not endorsing the fact that there's this wonderful thing that allows you immediate access to anything across the world without any middleman attempting to make right. a profit off of it. I am not castigating that in any way, shape, or form. Right. Ultimately, what I, what I'm castigating people for, um, and myself sometimes inclusive, is being lazy. Or, right. or, or not de- yeah. not deigning to dig, which is one of the, the reasons why this show does what it does and why the show exists in the first place. Because the idea behind it is not only am I going to be playing music that I think is so worthwhile and so interesting that it is impossible for it to be relegated to the background. Right. But I want to have people on and have discussions about this kind of thing and talk with them and you know bring those ideas and opinions forward and have this exchange of uh, you know interesting stuff absolutely and you literally have a microphone you know and that's what <laughs> I do I do literally have a microphone yes when you said that earlier about music being almost like a character in my books i realized that at one point that this is a medium this is a microphone this is my stage and like i thought that kids would be better off listening to music i liked so I was able to include a lot of bands that I that I love, you know, and and you know at least you know to put put music that I would have never heard. And I grew up in Iowa on a farm, you know, like and no, that was we didn't have the internet till I was nineteen. Um, just a date, I, yeah, right? <laughs> right? I know so, that's crazy right, too. Right? There's kids nowadays who are like this next generation coming up who will have their whole lives. That, that has that's, been I know it's, yeah, it's, it's wacky and to so think about. Like, and that's it's it's weird to like because we've had to adapt. Like, right. and and like this is not like you know knowledge that I had when I was seven on like building right, technology right. And, and how to like um, I still don't even understand a lot of it. You know, um, as far as just yeah. Like, Really, I can just seriously download this video off my phone. How? Like, it just seems so foreign to me. Just like when I was 15 years old, and like, um, when but, you got your news from like MTV and Kurt Loder would be like, "Hey, so and so," right? And you'd be like, "What?" But it's it's and, and we're yeah. we're gonna take a break here. So, but, yeah. and we'll, we'll get back to this topic. I think it's, it's an interesting one. But you know, we're talking about talking about playing music that that moves in music that, that things like you actually have uh, real time drop. You actually have something you wanted to play for us. Well, yeah. what, what are we gonna be listening to? What's, what's um, coming up here? This band from LA that I found via Mission Mission blog. Thank you, Alan Howe. Um, they're called Girl Pull, okay. and they're kind of like new Riot Girl. I would say. I don't know. Maybe you can decide and let me know if you agree. Okay. So we're we're gonna listen to this, and we're gonna come back uh, with Mr. Jason Myers. The song is blah blah blah. Cool. <laughs> blah blah blah. I like it. Hey, 
There they are, Vulgar Trade, with Daryl Gates, LAPD. That's off of the new anti-sleep demos that, uh, that that they have going. Mr. Ben Abraham is in that band now. Last time I, I played them, uh, he was not, and now he is. Uh, ben Abraham, a friend, friend of the show, uh, former guest for your time on the show, actually. but uh, uh, And former commute buddy, now that bastard's working from home. Bastard. Good for him. <laughs> but bastard. <laughs> uh, and before that, we had uh, Blah 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 by Girlpool, who are from yeah. Los Angeles. The Land of Angels. I right? liked it. I liked it. Yeah. Cool. Glad you liked it. Their other songs are, they, they vary in style. That one is, I think, probably the more moderate, like, I wouldn't say poppy at all, but, you know. Right. Like, accessible. Is that right? No, I'm um, terrible with words. More um 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 mainstream. <laughs> no 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 no. Why curse words happening? Wait wait, a lot. wait wait wait. Widespread appeal. Yeah yeah yeah. That's sure good. That's yeah, a good yeah, word. Yeah, that, okay. That Mass appeal. Yeah. And, and, and we are back with uh, Mr. Jason Myers, uh, noted noted author and uh, <laughs> awesome rock and roll type guy. So we were mentioning earlier uh, about how music that you love uh, plays a very important factor. In fact, you might say it's one of the primary characters in uh, most of your books, and the fact that it's a big part of the culture of the the people in question, which tend to be on the younger side. They tend right. to be like young people that are that are active and uh, the kind of people you would actually see at a show. <laughs> the fans. Right. Um, which was one of the, you know... I, th- I, think, I think at first when... They decided to, you know, Exit was released as both literature fiction and young adult. When they attached young adult, I was a little, like, freaked out by it. But um, when they showed me the numbers and why they're doing it, it made total sense. And then all of a sudden, I, the first, I've, tr- I've attempted now twice to write a book about characters, um, you know, older than the age of 25, and I don't enjoy it as much. I really prefer hmm. writing about people. Um, before the cynicism really starts setting right, in, right. and yeah. that's not necessarily to say you have to have uh, these characters be cynical, but from the way I write, my own experiences, and I draw a lot just on like not 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 specific experiences, but just lifestyle experiences and 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 sort of phases in my life. Um, you know, I I don't that would be a natural sort of mood, um, sort of cynical and negative, and. Um, it's easier to not have that when you're with with kids. I mean, they're still like a totally like um, very like excited, and I'm into right. you because I love this, and like not everything sucks. They're, they're not embarrassed to be excited about things, right? And to, and to, and to be into yeah. things, and because unfortunately, as, as people kind of tend to get older, there tends to be a sort of like, well, I don't want to get you know invest myself too much in that because eventually it'll you know it'll clear it'll let me down eventually, you know? right? Yeah. Which I, which I or, or, or or I don't want to be like I don't want this to be like totally like you know um you know Vice is gonna make fun of this in two years and I'm yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I don't want to be the guy that was wearing that T-shirt and might end up in the don't section you know <laughs> <laughs> right right exactly and that's I, I don't know I mean that that's a well and it's it's a fear based model that uh, unfortunately is is all too common these days because uh, we live in a society that rewards just connection and cool. celebrates the individual without celebrating uh, the the needs of the individual and, and serving those and we end up in, in weird situations like that where it's easier just to not be into anything but kind of passively be into everything right but really you're not into anything well i mean it's it's it is very it's 
It's also one of the reasons, if anyone ever calls me cynical, like, I will actually... Who the, who would ever call it, you cynical? I, I, don't, I don't see that I'm cynical not at cynical. all. Yeah. I, 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 I can be, You're a little ranty. I, I can be caustic. I can definitely be Preachy. very bitterly sarcastic, and I, and I have my, my ethos and my viewpoint, but I'm not cynical at all. In fact, I think there's plenty to be excited about in the world. Right, because and I'm, that's I'm what amazed. makes you non-cynical. Is that it's the cynical is like you know having a sort of a, this negative viewpoint on something and then just not doing anything about it and just being like, oh, well, that's just the way it yeah. is. Yeah, and it's it's that's. I mean, I, I find new stuff to be thrilled about, not excited, but thrilled about every week. Absolutely, and and bring it into the show. And and I mean, I, that's it's one of the reasons why this show exists. <laughs> you and, know yeah. what I mean? And, that, and I've been like, you know, so that's why I've always like someone's like, I'm, I'm not cynical. <laughs> I, I, I don't can, know. I can, I, I, I'll, I I'll get me. Don't that? get me wrong. But no, 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 no. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. But that's. I think it's an important distinction because I know a lot of people that are cynical, and it's it's a bummer to me. And it, I don't like right. being around it. And like I'll be like, it, and and then and, 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 and I, I, I really think yeah. that as, as as an artist, you're hypersensitive to, um, especially if you're spending a lot of time or in, in, in close quarters, such as roommates or um, you know people you work with who are cynical. That does affect you as an artist yeah. and your mood, and like it is, it's a it's a downer, and you're just like. God, when everything's just like, ah, oh, whatever, whatever, nothing right, right. Wrong, you're, you know, just, whatever. you're just like, I don't even want to like even tell you that I do stuff, like, like yeah. write yeah. anything. You exactly. just roll your eyes, yeah. and yeah. then, but then also that same person is going to be the coked out person at a at a party who, you know, traps me in a corner and basically tells me they have the best idea, you know, and it's been amazing, <laughs> and you know, and then it's like they've had it for like five years, and you know, you're like, how many pages have you written? And they're like, none. And like, you're not a writer. That's why. I haven't read any pages. It might no. be a great idea, but <laughs> writers write, right? <laughs> <laughs> writers write, right? right. Yeah. 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 That's... Um, but like, you know, like what I got going like now as far as like um I've I've been like sort of purposely missing. That's the singer for Vulgar Trade, by the way, that's uh, yes. that, that, that that's on the cover. Um, <laughs> Watch your and, Yeah, there you FYI. go. Look at so that. With his, not, with a, with not a, a babe. With a banana. Not a babe. <laughs> Sorry, not Dad. a babe with a banana. But but the band was awesome. So um, yeah. But uh, you know, I've been sort of misleading on what my next venture is, and it's gonna shock. Like I cannot. But it's gonna shock people what it is, and like it's 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 awesome. But it will be a, an attempt at um, older characters, but very youthfully still at heart. I guess I don't know because uh, I feel like I'm at a place now where I can get by that. Yeah. Be the own cynicism, you know. I'm not a year ago now. Like a year ago, a lot of things wouldn't have been good um, to to try to attempt. But I feel like a lot of it's been alleviated, and it was the reassurance. It was having Blaze come out and do so well, um, and I was just like, oh my god! And for a book I didn't want to write, at one point I tried to um, get out of my book deal and give the advance money back. But when I found out, interesting. That, wow, it went, I, it went that far, huh? Yeah. When I found out that they won't all, they would, I'd have to pay it back all at once instead of in payments. I'd spend too much of it. I was like, no, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll write the book. And it turned into a really crappy first draft. Second draft was fourteen hundred pages, but I actually started to like the characters. And then the third draft, you know, was done in a week, and it was, I, I really liked it. Um, but I thought, I thought that was it. Yeah. If it didn't do well, I was really unsure of Because the pressure was kind of on for... Oh, yeah. yeah like I don't not, know if there's another book deal. 
after that, you know? Like, yeah. there might be something but small potatoes, and it's really like, what are you going to do next? Like, yeah. Yeah. you're really out of that phase, and it's like not like... Like, this, this might be the footnote to, like, all right, you know, happy trails. Right, like, right. I used to write. You know, and then <laughs> ultimately, like, it it came out, and it did, it did really well, right? It's right off the bat, hence continue, and it goes to show you that if you do put something good out there, like... And my expectations were I didn't know. And maybe it's because I ex- expected too much out of my last two books because right. they did so well. And if you are making anyone six-figure profits on your own, you know, yeah, by yourself. Like, when you're doing that, you that is successful. But it wasn't – I wasn't viewing it like that. Um, and so my expectations were different with Blaze. And it well, was, that comes back to, like, you know, managing your own expectations as right. well as, like, what it actually does and not, you know, not – necessarily having that control your creative output or your your feelings on the creative right. output just because it didn't it didn't meet what those expectations are absolutely and you know and there was and a lot of it was so so self-induced in a lot of ways because i did you know have an ego about it i got to a point where not an ego to where like I'm well, like, the books are good like i said i've gone on record to say i like the mission better than exit here i like exit here but i think well, the mission is a superior book um yeah and I, I, I also go on record as saying that I have not read the latest ones. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I, I, I plan to, and they're they're on my they're on my shelf. To they're read. on your queue. Yeah, I've got. Oh, I also yeah. have five other books. The fact that you've read two of them, man, like beats any of <laughs> most of my other friends. Seriously, like I really like which them. is which is like the lamest thing. And I didn't me. just read them to hear to see references to my is, own bands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, that's how Conan and I know each other was. I yeah. saw Replicator. I was a huge fan before I knew Conan. Like, I loved Replicator before I right. knew, knew Conan. And we became friends through beating each other at shows, um, which was, like, still more, like one of the best days of my life was had not slept. Like, had been partying all night and then went to a happy hour show at the Hemlock <laughs> with Big right. Business was playing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know who Repl- – it was the first time I saw Replicator. And mm-hmm. – know who uh, they were and they played and they were by far head and shoulders above better than Big Business at that show. And I was like, who the hell are these guys? What the how do I not know about Replicator? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was and it was great and uh, so we became um, French to that and <laughs> yeah, but, and, and then he asks, "Oh, so, so what did you do next?" Like, "Oh, actually, we're driving over to Oakland yeah, and playing yeah, another yeah, show." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, "Oh yeah, we're we're going to Oakland. You should come." And I was like, "Oh, I it, passing on this one. I haven't slept. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to start seeing shadow people and not have right. a ride back." Um, <laughs> Which is so you live in right. San Francisco? Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I live in, the, on, in the mission. Nope, I live on uh, Hate Nashbury. Oh, cool. Ten years. Cool. It's like weirdly the only neighborhood that hasn't like experienced any sort of major full scale changing yet. Um, very, very interesting. Uh, I yeah, that I could say I haven't witnessed that much change going on over there. Right. Yeah. I just feel like you know. Um, well, just real quick, I want to touch back on the you know you just you you just reading too. You know, I have a lot of friends who haven't even like read it, and then they use that excuse as like, "Oh, I know you," which is just a bullcrap excuse. And, that's, you know, that's, a, that's a terrible excuse. Like, right. what, is that, what does that mean? Right, right, right. You know? Like, you're just anything. spouting stories all the time, and they don't need to read them. Oh, I've heard, I've heard some people have said, people have used that as an excuse for why they don't listen to the show. Oh, I hear you talk all the time. I'm like, I don't even know how to respond. <laughs> right. You get into the point, <laughs> Other than, like, maybe kind of say, fuck 
you? Oh, absolutely. It's, <laughs> actually, that should be the response back. It's like, fuck you. Like, don't listen to it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't want you yeah, to I don't listen want to, to it. it. Actually, <laughs> you're licensed to listen or read it. <laughs> Good day, sir. We'll block your connection. <laughs> no, we're going to make sure you don't ever listen to it now. Um, but, uh, you know, like, I listen to every one of my friends. If they put out a record, I, I will listen to that record. Like, just because they put it out. And I get a book as a, a, a bigger investment and whatnot. And, like, you know, like, I'll go to at least any of my friends' band shows at least three or four times to just that support. But you, I just, there was a lot of people who, it was really weird, like, who just thought that um, they were somehow, like, Characters in the story, which they just weren't. And if you knew who who ah, had, you knew gotcha, who had okay. read it, because someone would be like, "Oh, you know," like they'd be, I'd hear about it, you know, like that. I had a bunch of friends who were just getting blasted out of cocaine, as 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 was I for a while there, you know, in in two thousand five, six, or whatever. Um, and. You would, I would hear about it from people like going like, oh like, yeah, so and so told me that they're that character. And I was like, well, that's funny. That character is not even the same race as them. Like I, you know, like it is clear to me that they haven't even read the story. They're yet. just going off with yeah, yeah, yeah. They about, hung yeah. out with yeah. me. They, they hung out with me one night, you know, yeah. and like stories were passed along or told or whatever, and then like that's it. Like I'm a character in the book, and it's like really just like really. Really, like <laughs> you, yeah. you, you are you. You haven't done anything that that's what you're trying to go for. You're actually like I'm not even around you, and you're telling other third parties that like it was just very like yeah. The, this thing that you're not even me. bothering to give your time, you're managing to take offense at. Which right, is, you ha- you're not going to read my like, stuff, but you're going to try to like be like, oh, I was like, uh, but I will be was, offended by it, even though I haven't read it. Right, right. <laughs> I'm offended by the idea of it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I. I think that I don't know, I have no idea, but um, what my point? I think the broader point was thank you for reading two of my books. <laughs> you are, you are, you are. I'm, I'm going to read the rest of them too. Yeah. I'm, I'm for, you are forty percent longer than most people I know in my life, personally. <laughs> and I really like them as well. And thank it's, you. it's, it's uh, I mean, I think the if you are the kind of person that enjoy like like for me. I, I like, you know, I like some Brett Easton Ellis, but I think he's kind of full of it as right. well. But I think uh, anyone that likes Brett Easton Ellis, I, I think, would easily find something to love within the books of Jason Myers. Right. And well, that's not to say that they're the same thing, but in the same way that, like, if you like Fugazi, maybe you would like Nonagon. You know, like that, that, that sort of level, something along those lines. Um, yeah. Well, it's interesting that you brought the Ellis thing up just because. Um, that was actually going back and re- looking, sort of having this sort of a uh, viewpoint of looking backwards at everything that's happened with the books. That was actually the, the first sort of um, um, I wanted to create an updated version of Lesson Zero somehow. That was like the first inspiration for it, and then right. the books became totally two different things. Where I was like, yeah, I, the premise is the same: young man returning home after being away at college. Like, that premise I stayed true to. But, like, Ellis's was a total satirical piece about, like, L.A. and the youth. And, you know, mine became more of a personal journey about somebody trying to find closure in this, after this really fucked up incident that happened in right. Hawaii. And it's all about that. And so his was, like, I felt like a gener- just sort of generational snapshot. And Lesson Zero in mine was definitely more of a personal journey of just about a boy. You sure. Know, trying to figure things out. 
Yeah. So, which is notable. Uh, yeah. We're we're gonna start rounding this up here. Um, Jason, hey, dude, thanks so much for joining us. It's good um, seeing yeah. you, man. I will see you on the 29th. Um, anyone yes. listening out there in the Bay Area, uh, uh, November 29th, Conan's Band, Victorine Associates, great band. Um, they are playing their last show. And I will be there, and you should come join us. To El Rio. El Rio. Oh, El Rio. Uh, it's Hurry Up Shotgun are playing. Uh, last week's guest, Love Moon, are playing. And it's a benefit so for the station. I just had it associated with Hemlock. Because <laughs> you and Hemlock. I, I feel like I've seen, you, I've seen you so many. Yeah. There's been okay, a lot El of shows. There's definitely been a lot of shows Hit up the patio sure. and the bands at El Rio. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, they dollar, drug, or dollar drinks on Mondays. They dollar still drugs. do. <laughs> they do. Dollar drugs. Dollar drugs. Don't do those. Don't do those. Don't do the dollar drugs. Those are very cheap drugs. Just the good drugs, guys. Uh, Jason Myers. Find all things Jason Myers at uh, Jason Myers ExitHereMedia.com. Yes, all one word. Yes, yes. Uh, he's he's on the Twitter, Facebook, all that, all that nonsense. Um, I love you all, my fans who listen. You guys are the best. You've been listening to none other than the one, the only. You're listening to Protonic Reversal. On Radio Valencia, this show happens every 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Thursday mornings. You can find all the podcasts for archived episodes, RadioNeutron.com. We're on Facebook if you absolutely have to. Uh, Upgraded on iTunes if, if you have an iTunes account, if you can figure out how to. Uh, just the download button. You know, that's, yeah, exactly. What's your Twitter name? D- download it away. Handle. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. Am I, am I getting the waiver social networking right now? I'm just going to close the show. Is this thing on? Thanks for listening. Enjoy the home game. Brandon Betts, Conan Neutron, signing off. Signing off. Sorry, I thought it was on. Mr. and Mrs. America. Take care. Ships at sea. Anyone within the sound of my voice. I've got 50,000 watts of power. Electricity. Can you hear me now? Out on Route 128, you're dark and lonely. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now?
to my top ten. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. Got my radio. 